This is John Coos, and you're listening to the NLP Life Coach Podcast. Enjoy. Anchors, addressing your emotional needs. Many people I have worked with say that they have very few emotional problems. Others declare they are plagued by an overwhelming plethora, barrage of emotional problems on a daily basis. And others have emotional problems, but completely deny the existence of their maladaptive emotional patterns. My conclusion to this dilemma, we all have emotional walls, boundaries, and obstacles. NLP practitioners talk about talk about neurolinguistic programming in a way that produces a powerful state or mood that can be conjured by just the clap of your hands or an anchor. This is a very powerful resource and it can produce massively productive benefits with a host of wide-ranging emotional results. Just imagine, whenever you feel anxious or worried or have butterflies in your stomach, You can have the unlimited power to eradicate uncertainty and produce a strong feeling of empowerment, security, certainty, and confidence with the snap, literally, of your fingers. It's anchoring. Such skills seem almost magical or wizard-like. The veracity of neurolinguistic programming is innately powerful but incredibly realistic. A perfect example of this type of programming of the nervous system I recall from my 7th grade classroom. My teacher, a very wise, heavy-set, peaceful man who engaged his class in Buddhist tea ceremonies and philosophical discussions of chaos, provoked our burgeoning imagination by asking us to write a 50-page story of a trip to a distant country. Before each in-class writing session, he would center our minds and calm our nerves by ringing this meditation bell. He encouraged us to participate in deep breathing, and when the room was silent, he would strike this bar that produced a high-pitched ping sound that seemed to draw energy from the topmost portion of our skulls. It calmed and intellectually energized us, and certainly was an effective form of nervous system programming, because after hearing that bell, I could work uninterrupted on a standardized test or writing assignment for hours. An additional method used not to center and motivationally align, but to control us through a decreasing behavioral control mechanism using the punishment of the cowbell. The same seventh grade teacher used the med- that used the meditation ping sound would bring a boisterous scattered class back to their seats. However, after three rings of the meditation bell, a different form of organizational punishment was installed. Although it can never be wielded, it, although it never had to be wielded, luckily, with my class, the cowbell was the ultimate threat because it meant almost certain suspension of the person whose behavior led to the creation of the ch- chime. The cowbell was more of a mythical joke because it was never rung, but his presence on the teacher's desk, like a sensitive explosive device, always kept us on our tiptoes and under our best behavior. So this form of behavioral control worked incredibly well. In addition to controlling groups, NLP can accidentally produce maladaptive behavioral control patterns. One interesting thing that NLP can lead to is the production of negative emotional reactions. Most self-empowerment lessons focus on the incredible potential for producing instantaneous sensations of confidence. But these instructions neglect to point out that NLP is just a reaction system. 
If utilized incorrectly, this reaction system can induce a response that provokes a sequence of reactions that debilitate and cripple us instead of enlightening and awakening our capacity for contributing from enlightenment. I worked with this young woman once who was extremely sensitive to compliments. Usually people blush, are speechless, or fabricated by a good compliment. These are all responses that I have felt, caused, and seen in others. Most people acknowledge the compliment and move on, accepting its positive, uplifting effects. This young woman was hitting an emotional wall. Whenever I complimented her, I said that her expertise of the restaurant we were both working at the time was profound. I told her that she was most certainly right in almost any dispute, simply because she had such a wealth of knowledge and expertise about the restaurant. However, when I told her this, it was as though I touched a raw emotional nerve. I could almost see her visibly twinge. When I complimented her on her expertise, she became furious, threatened to leave, and almost started crying. I couldn't understand this behavior at all because, in all of my experience, compliments men disputes instead of provoking them. Maybe she had malignant intentions to not terminate the dispute and my compliment was thwarting this process, but nevertheless, it was a mystery to me. I was speechless, so I told her that she is an incredible employee that knew much more about the restaurant business than myself. After this, she bolted out of the restaurant and refused to allow me to talk to her. I couldn't understand the emotional behavior that was occurring here at all. I later realized that for some reason she had developed a programming for compliments neurologically, and the effect of such a compliment was crippling her confidence. It was as though I was becoming an inner critic for her, but with compliments instead of criticisms. It didn't make any sense to me, but the reaction she had told me that this compliment I was giving her almost caused her pain. It was pain she was experiencing from the compliment. What does this show us? That neurolinguistic programming is, is, is incredibly powerful. It has the potential to produce positive and negative emotions in people. NLP practitioners teach how to conjure up strong emotions of empowerment with a clap of your hands or snap of your fingers or another kinesthetic anchor. In contrast, when I complimented this young woman, her neurolinguistic programming caused her to conjure up strong emotions of fear, insecurity, and weakness, the opposite of what I was trying to provoke, and most certainly the opposite of what she or anyone wanted to feel. It is true that NLP can empower or cripple us. Maybe her father complimented her and then immediately told her she was dumb or stupid or useless, so that the compliment became habitually associated with her regular emotional patterns, producing fear and neglect instead of empowerment and self-confidence. I was so taken back by this experience because I had not realized the excruciatingly powerful effects of NLP yet. Sure, you could say that she already knew she was an incredible employee and telling her that was monotonous, but her reaction was so impulsively enraged. I could see her about to explode as though I had struck her with an electric volt. After a respite of limited communication, we resolved our issue, which happened to be with a tip jar and created peace. It simply took her a while to let it sink in that she was right and that I knew she was right. She kept feeling she needed to persuade or convince me that I was right when I was telling her that she almost always was right. 
In contrast, he was almost certainly wrong about her approach to the incident because we ended up arguing in front of the customers, a point I illustrated. The only way I knew the argument would end would be to tell her that she was right, even though she did act somewhat immature, puerile, and irresponsible, so I did that. In doing so, she felt I had the upper hand which infuriated her. She was so used to needing to tell people she was right that when someone actually acknowledged her correct valid astuteness, she was overwhelmed with negatively charged confusion. Compliments have been worse than insults for some people because they are so unused to them being delivered. People who never receive compliments, because their parents neglected to compliment them most likely, lack the ability to deal with strong emotions of compliments. What this person was feeling was confused joy, most likely. It would seem that delving into her family history and possible abuse would be pragmatic, but with the mentality of living in the present with NLP, that is irrelevant. You don't have to do that psychoanalytical approach, which involves delving into childhood history. What is important is learning how to acknowledge and emotionally experience compliments. She may have had my image transformed into an authority figure or father figure when I complimented her, but I have had people say that I'm mean and annoying and experience overwhelming emotions when I compliment them. We must learn to transform the productive emotional energy of praise into a pleasing experience instead of a painful one, because recognitions are part of life. I was overwhelmed by the powerful impact I was having over this young woman's emotions. I was left dumbfounded about what to do because she was responding so negatively to recognitions. What I normally thought to be glue-like compliments, making a friendship bond more cohesive rather than separating a connection by inducing an explosive reaction, were provoking dispute and argument. This goes to show how effective and subjective, specific to each person, emotional interactions are with people and that we must continue to awaken each other's passions, but to be sure not to judge their compliments too astutely or directly, especially if they have worked hard at them, because then their attempt at pursuing something is lost. The restaurant girl's problem was acknowledging her own accomplishments for herself. She worked two years, almost more than any other employee in the restaurant. She learned all the nuances of making coffee, communicating with the chefs, working with the stoves, taking to-go orders, and helping customers. She had put so much effort into trying to achieve the goal of a respectable, knowledgeable employee who knows what's right, that when she had already achieved that, she forgot all the work that she did and felt crippled by the weight of her efforts. There is a saying that describes the situation perfectly. I have been waiting so long, I have forgotten what I am waiting for. It's an anonymous quote. The amount of effort we put into our goals can become so incredibly trying, exasperating, and difficultly arduous that when we finally achieve the goals, we are lost not knowing what action to take. This is similar to building a farm, doing years of research on agriculture, buying land, understanding chemical growing erosion and soil solidity, and tending to the crops meticulously after the years of study. But then the harvest comes around, You've learned how to do everything possible except enjoy the fruits of what you reap. Experiencing our accomplishments is one of the most important parts of finding our accomplishments, because this allows us to acknowledge them, recognize them, and become empowered from them. 
With the restaurant situation, my compliments were most certainly not complimenting her needs. Possibly, even moving past our accomplishments is a part of the achievement process. Just as setting goals and passionately pursuing the goals is important to achieving accomplishments, experiencing, relishing, and absorbing the accomplishment is an essential part of the process as well. After all, if we don't keep score or evaluate our accomplishments realistically, we may feel like we are losing, but may have already won. You just listened to an episode of the Minimalist Coach Podcast. Be sure to follow me on Twitter, SoundCloud, and Instagram, all under the name John Coos. Be sure to visit johnkooz.com, johncoos.com for more updates. Thanks for listening, and you have a most superbly excellent day.